You are listening to the Lead Big Red podcast from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln Educational Administration Department with your hosts, Dr. Shavana Holman and Dr. Scott Sturgeon. Welcome to the Lead Big Red podcast. I'm Scott Sturgeon, Associate Professor of Practice at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Along with me is my co-host. Shavana Holman, Assistant Professor of Practice at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And with us today, we have our guest, Dr. Cheryl Logan, who is the superintendent of the Omaha Public School System, which is the largest school system in the state of Nebraska. And so with that, we are going to jump right on in. Welcome, Dr. Logan. Thank you so Thanks. much for being here with us. Thanks for having We're me. Jump right in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we get started, though, is there any information you want to share with our guests who are listening that you think is important for them to know about you? I love my work. Uh, I loved it more before the pandemic, I'm not going to lie, but I do, and I've met some wonderful people here uh, in Nebraska that I know I will uh, continue to connect with uh, throughout my career, and so uh, I really um, am enjoying my role here, and I'm looking forward to uh, the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. All right, so I'll hop in with question number one. So there are some general thoughts, ideas, and definitions of, of what leadership is, and as it relates to education. Share with us what your definition is and some things you live by as a leader in education. You know, we, we're asked to make a lot of decisions in education. And I think the one of the things that people expect us to say a lot of is yes. And actually, I think leadership is about saying no, um, because you can't say yes to everything. You can't do everything. and the opportunity to explain sometimes why something is more important than something else, I think is really um, um, elusive of what real leadership looks like. It's about making connections uh, with folks. It's about understanding what motivates people to uh, participate fully in their work. Uh, It's about understanding what a community values and uh, how a community wants to move forward. I think all of those things really are the intersection of leadership uh, and education. A lot more listening than talking, which uh, is hard uh, because people are want to hear what you have to say. And I, you know, often I'm like, well, I really want to hear what you have to say, and and people never believe you. <laughs> and so I think all of those things are the intersection um, of leadership. But I think being able to carefully understand when one should say yes and when one should say, maybe not right now. Uh, As you think about your grandmother said, she might would have said not, you know, maybe not no, but not right now. I think that uh, those, all those things are are a part of of leading and leading well. Great, thank you. And I I think that a lot of times we don't think to say not right now. I think we jump to say, I can't, no, but never really not right now. So that's a, that's a great, aspect. Thank you. Yeah. So this kind of leads into the next, to to my question, which is um, what are some of the early day, um, early days failures that you see with new uh, principles? And maybe it is that whole idea of what, what they're saying yes or no to. um, But what do you wish that new uh, principles would understand and anticipate uh, when they're thinking about um, those, those first days on the job? Well, Scott, I think you and I are probably a thousand percent aligned in this because I believe we've had a discussion about this before. And I think it's understanding the difference between power 
Yes. Influence and positional authority, right? So you go into your school, you've got the briefcase, you've got the laptop, you've got the new nameplate that your family got for you because they're so excited that you became the principal. But you may not have any power, formal, or you may have some sort of formal positional authority, but not real power. For me, um, uh, power is really about influence. And it's not really about uh, making people do stuff, although you do have to use your positional authority sometimes. But it's trying to make the case for why something should be done. And I think that you have principles that will Uh, When I see the principals that have the most struggle with, especially with staff early on, is they haven't taken the time to understand who's got the informal power. I mean, we all learn it in graduate school, right? I know you all are teaching it like informal power. And, you know, I have gone to visited schools where the custodian is clearly the most powerful person in the building. And... um, they have a very important job in the building too. So um, it's not, it, it, it certainly is nothing to do with their job. It's because of their influence that they have, you know, and that influence can be positive or not so positive. And I think that those are the things that people uh, are paying attention to, uh, not to substance, but to things that aren't that important. So I will give you an example of a principal I had who went in and was so concerned about the bulletin boards, right? So, um, I mean, that's all they wanted to see. They literally said, I want pretty bulletin boards, you know, everywhere. And, you know, the the staff was like, this is a pretty high performing school. And she really did have some points, like things were not up to date and those kinds of things. That's, That's a whole nother, but, you know, understanding what the school valued, what the things they had that were going well, um, before making uh, assumptions. And then again, in that, in that particular school building, it was really understanding who, who had, um, how she could uh, win friends uh, and influence people. Yeah, yeah. But Dale, Dale Carnegie, the method. Yep, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. Shivana? Our questions are definitely flowing right into one another. So <laughs> thinking about that, in your opinion and from your experience, uh, what is one thing that separates a great leader from an average or good leader? Wow. Um, I, I think a great leader models the best. They are always aware that they are modeling. Uh, they, a great leader accepts uh, responsibility for the, uh, accepts, accepts accountability and, and make sure that other people are responsible because one person can't, can't uh, lead. Uh, a great leader gives all the credit to the people doing closest to doing all the work. A great leader um, is encouraging and in tune to when people need to have a break or when people are at their, uh, may need more pouring into. Uh, So I, I use the example, the current example of the last year where we've just been pouring out. I mean, just and you, you have to, right? You have to pour out, you have to be resourceful, you have to think of new ways to get things done. And you know, in a typical year, we have some opportunity to be poured into. We get to go to professional development, or we get to be with our colleagues, or you know, in some other ways. And I, I would say that 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 those are those are some of the some of the some of the ways. 
Thank you. So a lot of people are talking and writing right now about um, changes that can or may or should come about coming mm -hmm. out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to kind of ask you what you think about people have been leading in a collective crisis. Many mm -hmm. times if a school is in crisis, it's alone in that crisis in the sense sure. that, you know, their neighboring schools aren't, aren't yeah. uh, experiencing that same thing. Yeah. But that was not the case in this um, in this pandemic, so when you think about that that collective crisis leadership, when you think about um, this whole concept of what should should or may or um, will change coming out of this, what's kind of a leadership disposition or um, process that that you think uh, the the crisis has exposed as? If you don't have this, then then everything else is going to be way harder than it should be, and or you might fail. Uh, first of all, thank you for that question. I've got, I, I, hopefully this will answer it. I think it's the willingness to accept that the facts may change. Now, facts have always changed <laughs> throughout time, right? Right. Um, and, you know, but usually they change at a much slower pace or conditions change. But in this crisis, you may get information in the morning, you may have to make a pretty significant decision. And then two hours later, you get some other new set of information. And I would say the, and I've been using the word binary because you typically, you know, it's yes, or it's no, or it's green, or it's red. And I would say the ability to uh, take in information and set the expectation of an organization that we may have to change. We call it pivot. I'm so sick of the word pivot. I don't even know what to do. I don't even want to say words that have P in them. That's how much I hate the word pivot. But I think that those are the things that I see that were, and when I think about, because many people are on the receiving ends of decision that, that, that uh, we may make centrally, and they, you know, they too have to, they're also leading people, so they also have to have those skills. And I think building those in with, and some people, you know, this, you've led principles, uh, you know, they, it's not necessarily an easy thing because they're like, we got this information and we're making this and this is the way we're going. And then, you know, after the afternoon, we got this information and I don't know what's going on, you know, and I think that that's what we, those are some skills we really, uh, I will tell you, were challenging uh, for, for me personally and for my team. And actually, as I think about my colleagues around the country, that also very difficult to change our stance from being, uh, we always, you know, we always say in education, we have to be flexible, we have to be flexible. But flexibility was like, oh, lunch is at 11. And now it's at 11.45. <laughs> it's not lunch is now going to be served in the parking lot you know, Mondays through Fridays from 11 right. to 1, the school is at home. And I think that um, those are those are some things that I think are are some uh, some of the uh, has have come out of that in terms of leadership, uh, how people uh, adjust to rapid change. Um, I, I, if you don't have the McKinsey report, I know I did send it to I think to Dr. Holman at some point, the McKinsey report 
they reported in the beginning of the uh, pandemic, they created this amazing report and everything that they have on there has come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, even talks about when recovery will happen. And I try not to say what your recovery was going to ha- is going to happen because it makes people depressed, <laughs> like, <laughs> Ooh, not till then. Um, but it, it did help uh, the people I lead because I shared it with them understand that this is a long haul. Um, and, and, and I would say that, you know, those are things that, uh, I think leaders have to continue, continue to do, um, and continue to evolve in your leadership. And I think that that, that is, uh, we're never a finished product. Uh, we don't know everything. There are people, uh, that, um, I, I rather talk to colonels and generals because they're closer to the work. Uh, and I, matter of fact, I'm having a meeting on Monday and I invited some folks to the meeting and I had, a, I had a, one of my generals asked to be invited. And I'm like, well, this is really for the colonels, right? I need the people that are doing the work, you know? Um, and I think like not having that, being comfortable uh, in an organization that is by nature hierarchical, um, but your hierarchy in an organization does not necessarily uh, equivocate to your value to the organization. And um, I think that that is, I think that that's really um, important work, especially when you're disconnected. Like when you can, that, that, that lack of um, being in person, um, that lack of connection, because the connection is uh, as good as whatever the computer connection is and is strained by you, you, you can't watch a person's body language, really. You can't watch the social cues that are going on in the room, those kinds of things that, I mean, I mean, I guess if people can text or, you know, that kind of thing, but you can't watch that in a room. And I would say those are, those are also things that um, when I think about what's, as we move forward and what leadership skills uh, people really need to d- develop, um, I think that those are the ones that are, um, probably the most salient at this time. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Okay, so being a superintendent in any state, any city comes with its own set of challenges. Along with that, being the first of, um, of anything, you know, can add an additional layer of stress, struggle, or opportunity, depending upon mm-hmm. how one views it. So. You being not only the first um, woman in the largest school district in the state of Nebraska um, as a superintendent, but also the first person of color as the superintendent in the largest school district in the state of Nebraska. And thinking about that wall, everybody knows this, the wall that I'm talking about (laughs) at the TAC building with all those pictures, which is about 30 pictures or so with older white men all the way down and then your face is going to be at the end right completely different (laughs) and how wonderful that's going to be once it's up there um but thinking about all these things what advice would you share to those who are considering um, an administrative leadership opportunity where they are hesitant because they would potentially be the first you know what i would say is you have to know who you are that's the most important thing know who you are, um, be 
be and be act and model humility. Um, understand the gravity of the position that, that of being a first. So Maynard Jackson, who was the first African American mayor of Atlanta, said, I don't know, it's 40 years ago, whenever that was, he doesn't wish being a first on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> And I will tell you, uh, Dr. Holman, <laughs> Shimada, <laughs> that I have had a couple of those days, you know, here and there. Um, you know, scrutiny is different. Uh, you know, the way people are going to react to you. And, and again, uh, it's so great that, uh, you know, the three of us know each other outside of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I talked when I came on, when I onboarded, uh, Scott can maybe share with you, I shared with my team. People are going to react to me different. And you all are going to be baffled. Like, well, all she did was ask that um, because it's not just for me, not just for me as an individual, but because I am the head of the organization, it does impact the whole organization. So if someone says, I will ask, you know, you, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, uh, my mom had this saying, it's a little off color. So I have to figure out a way to say it. So it's not so off color, <laughs> but she had a, she had a way to say, way of saying, you can't do this to me and say it's raining. Right. <laughs> you, you know, and, um, and I feel that way. Like I, I don't feel, I feel I, I have earned, I certainly have earned the position. I have the credentials. I have, I mean, a plethora of experience, um, um, I think I'm here. I know I'm here for the right reason. You know, I hope other people, they, you know, uh, understand that. Um, and so I don't feel like I have to, if I go to a, a, a meeting, I don't feel like I have to wait till I'm here for a certain number of years or days or whatever, or months. I feel like if I have a question, I, I deserve a fair answer. I also am wildly mother bear protective of the Omaha public schools. Mm-hmm. And when people make a comment or when people make assumptions or I kind of react like a mama bear. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, and I have to temper that that's part of that is emotional intelligence, right. Understanding when you can, can do that. But I would say that it is daunting. I can't lie. Uh, it has been harder during a pandemic because we're in such a politically charged time. And some of the, uh, pol- some of the politics have are racially charged. So that certainly has been a dynamic, Uh, for me um, as a leader. Um, And I think that, you know, knowing who you are, knowing why you're here. I, you know, I talk about John and Shirley, those are my parents uh, all the time. I wish they were here to see this day, Um, but they're not in, at least in, in the flesh. And I think that, you know, uh, uh, um, having a small set of a small circle of people that I can depend on uh, here locally, and then obviously my family, uh, my husband and daughter, uh, my siblings as well, is has been you know really really helpful uh, in terms of when I have a bad day or when I am experiencing something that uh, um, is unpleasant, that I have that circle of support, but also deep uh, belief, and uh, I'm happy in my own skin. I'm happy. Um, I and I walk past. Now those in, I've said this many times, I, I, there's not one time that I, when I, and I, I mean, I go out of here every other day, every day that I don't notice those, those faces and know that my, the next face up there is going to be, uh, is going to be different. Um, and what that means to, uh, 
the uh, young people and the city that we serve uh, here in Omaha. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it makes me sad to think about the day when your picture goes up there because that means that you're not here any longer, <laughs> right? But <laughs> I'm still excited to actually see your photo up there because it stands for so much more than just a picture. It's not just a picture. It means, I mean, there's a tremendous meaning behind the actual photo. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned humility uh, in your answer just then. And uh, I've been reading outside of education books a lot, leadership books, but outside of education. And, and um, these two Navy SEALs uh, wrote a book together. And what they, what, one of the questions they addressed is, they're always asked, what is the most important um, trait any leader must have? And mm -hmm. their first answer is humility, which is not necessarily something that people think about military folks as, yeah. as what they would need first. But in their, yeah. in their um, uh, experience, that's exactly what they need first, that the ego yeah. is the problem. Mm -hmm. So when you think about traits and leadership in terms of a, maybe a hierarchical structure, mm -hmm. you know, where does humili humility fall? Um, and, and what else might you have, uh, at the top? You know, Scott, I was just thinking about this answer in, in connection for with to, uh, Dr. Holman's last question. And I wonder if there are some gender differences because strength, uh, is a quality that is admired in a leader and is not necessarily a strength that people is the first strength people associate with female leaders. So I, 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 I'm just, that's just circling in my head, right? Sure. Now. Um, I, I certainly think humility, if you are not humble, <laughs> this job will make you humble. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I certainly would, would put humility in probably my top three and depending on the day, Humility would be one. Strength might be another. You know, it depends. Uh, it depends on the day. But certainly, humility, uh, uh, being able to. And I think we call it different things at different times, right? Sure. So, um, uh, because I think you can't be strong unless you're humble, right? Because you have to be able to admit when you're wrong. You have to be able to ask for help. Uh, you know, I was on, I, I have texted like seven superintendents this morning about Essers, right? I'm right. like, look, I need some help. Like, uh, matter of fact, right when the right when we started, uh, Barbara Jenkins from um, um uh, from uh, Orlando uh, called, and she was fussing because I was supposed to talk to her the other night, but I fell asleep. And um, she's somebody I call on. I'm like, well, I need help. And she's it's funny because she'll be like, ooh, I was about to call you. I need help. Um, and I think that, you know, being uh, being comfortable uh, with asking for help is a huge. Thing. And I'm not even sure what the name of that is, but I think that that's, to me, that's part of strength. So he, strength represents a lot of different things. It strength represents content knowledge, to be honest, because sure. you've got to, what you don't know, you've got to make sure you learn uh, uh, because you're not going to know um, everything and you want to be able to acquire um, knowledge. And I think strength is also too being smart enough to know you have to lean on others to get the work done, right? Mm -hmm. So um, probably I might say strength and, and all those things to me, I have tentacles are all part of strength. Yeah. And I, I kind of wondered if you would go with something because the start of your uh, answer about being the first was knowing yourself mm -hmm. and, and how I first thought about that was mm -hmm. um, 
the emotional intelligence of that, right? I mean, uh, knowing yourself is both the being comfortable with who, who you are, but yeah. also knowing your strengths and weaknesses in, in your relationships with others, um, yeah. which leads to both strength and humility and all those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I wondered where that is and you in the way you just you define strength includes all of those things too. All so those, I think, yeah, um, yeah it's, emotional, emotional intelligence is, I think, what separates leaders who can, uh, who are successful and who aren't right. Yeah. I think, uh, of all the, if you, if given, given two leaders of equal ability, the one who's stronger in an emotional intelligence or one who stands out in that area is likely going to, uh, do well. And, you know, I've had, I've, there's a, there's a leader here in the state and they, they work in another district. Um, and this is a school-based leader in another district and this individual, uh, I don't know. We got connected somehow. And this, they, they text me from time to time. And I'm like, look, uh, uh, person, I don't want to indi- indicate their gender. <laughs> look person. <laughs> I look person. Uh, <laughs> see how good I'm getting. I'm getting good about that. Look person. Um, cajoling is not emotional intelligence. That's not emotional intelligence. And so, uh, having a clear definition of what that is and what that isn't to, uh, Dr. Sturgeon is really important too. Like, um, you know, it is better if people do like you, right? It's better if they hate you. I mean, that's really probably not a good place, Um, you know, but understanding how you win that, you know, and I've I've had, and I know, you know, during the, during the pandemic, you know, you make some friends and you lose friends and then they come back and all that. And, um, you know, I've had many people say, man, I respect her, you know what I mean? And I, I, I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, that. That's about as good as it's going to get uh, right now, um, because um, uh, you know respect is important. You know respect for respect for the work, um, respect for the methodology that people are going about doing their work. Um, that they aren't making decisions just oh I think this is a good idea I'll just do this you know and not be thinking about the consequences. I think is also um, something that's come out of this uh, come out of this as a major back to your question earlier um, a major. Uh, uh, important thing is methodology of decision-making has been something I think that's been really highlighted because you're making such large scale decisions that impact hundreds of thousands of people um, in a large school district. What's funny about that is I was going to, I took it off my list, but I was going to ask you about um, the concept of performing a pre-mortem on decisions, (laughs) specifically around the idea of, you know, let's think about the things that might go wrong so that we can yeah. plan and avoid them as best as possible. So, you know, I loves me some pre, a pre-mortem. I <laughs> yeah. love a pre-mortem. Yeah. You should have uh, left it, Scott. <laughs> I, right, I, I love a pre-mortem, like looking at that and going, oh, wow, this is not going to end well. Uh, and I will tell you, in normal times, when you're making a decision that's maybe going to have 18 months out, you can maybe do it, that. We haven't been able to do that as much. Right. Um, and, uh, as we, uh, are able to do a little bit more longer range than what's going to happen next week planning, uh, or next month, uh, we're able to get back to get back to some of that. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, go working, ahead and just share a little bit about it. Well, so what I'm working on right now, so, uh, we're, we are working on, you know, we are, we are, have been working to, uh, uh, 
look at our high, reforming our high school programming, right? And when I look at why that didn't go the way that it should have gone, there's a lot of lot of things. But on my board right now, because you know sometimes you decide too. I got some strengths. I probably need to lead this. <laughs> you know where you. So on my board right now, we have a meeting on Monday, and I've got um, the why. Number two, debunking myths, identify and debunk. Number three, questions out there, pause, personnel impact. Number four, elevator speeches for academies, pathways, block scheduling, et cetera. And um, that is how I always approach the work, right? And I, as much as you feel like you have set those expectations, you, something may happen and you realize, ooh, I've got, you know, um, I've got an issue. And I think that, you know, I've, as I talked with my, my team, you know, we always talk about children and, oh, productive struggle is so good for you. You learn so much, but when we have to go through, <laughs> we are like pointing at other people, blaming them, you know, figuring mm -hmm. out whatever. And, um, and then I, you know, I, 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 I really, um, uh, I hope I, I hope that our um, community thinks I've made a wise decision in saying, hey, hold it, okay. It's all right. I'm humble enough to say this didn't meet our expectations for how we go about decision making. Uh, and uh, these are this is this is this is mission critical work. You know, we've got to do this work right now because we've got these set of circumstances. But we do have some time to move forward with that. And um, I felt like a thousand. I felt great about it. Um, but I also realized my that some folks on my team may have felt like they did not meet expectations and uh you know and how do you help them understand that you know i'm still standing shoulder to shoulder with you i believe in this work um and then help them and then be okay i mean the failure like i mean sometimes you fail i mean that's you know um this whole notion that you're going to hit a home run every time is not true and you know it's, it's not i'm not saying it's fun or i want to do it again tomorrow but uh, it's still a part of learning. I feel like I have learned and grown so much uh, in the last uh, month as a leader in, in, um, because many things really have come, uh, I don't say easy for me, but have been not as difficult. And um, this, is a way, uh, this is a way to, that is directly related to our normal work that um, I've been able to grow as a leader. Now, the, the pandemic made you grow in a whole nother way, and you know, you talked a little bit about the crisis. I forgot what what phraseology you used, but it was I used really collective crisis. We were leading collective together crisis. in a crisis. Right. Yeah. So what's interesting, and I saw this the other day, and I'll send it to you because uh, I sent it to uh, two of my colleagues uh, in here in Nebraska, Dr. Joel and Dr. Grover, and it talked about is a little quote that says, "You know, we all came into this pandemic together. We all went in like we all entered the pool together." but we've got to come out of it alone individually as districts and, and, and that. And I think about the whole thing of leading when, when all of us were school, all of us have been school leaders, right? And so we've all led, led in schools. And when you have a crisis that happened at Fontenelle, for example, at uh, um, Dr. Holman, you were on the outside of it. You were just, you were dealing with it. And this situation, you know, you're, we're, you're also going home to it. You never can leave. 
the perpetual present has made us so tired, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the, uh, the uh, leading in a crisis and being in the crisis uh, has really tested uh, our leadership. I will tell you so much so that um, when this, when the about, I wanna say it was like May, early May, I was watching some movie about an earthquake. I may be called earthquake. I was on Netflix, like every, I mean, I'm like everyone else, I was watching a movie um, after work. And the movie, you know, was an earthquake was happening and, you know, there were some people, people were trying to figure out, you know, how they were, were they going to go to be safe. I literally was watching it thinking, okay, as a superintendent, what would I be doing right now? Where would my kids be? Some of my kids, and they had a school bus in it and it did not have a good end on the school bus on the movie. So oh, goodness. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, now what would I do there? And, and I'm just like, oh my God, I have now, I'm watching a movie living in the crisis. And I think uh, that's been really hard for us, right? Because there's no escape for you. It's not like you go and you do your, when we were three, two, you do your three, two model and then you go home and everything's fine. You're, you're doing your three, two model and you're still wearing a mask wherever you go and can't go certain places and so on and so forth. So, Yeah. Man, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, but much of what you're talking about goes back to everything that you've been stating with humility and strength and and your comfort level and accepting um, mistakes that you mm -hmm. potentially might make or have made and, and how you push forward regardless. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, I've had, I've had two times though, uh, two times where I got to my car uh, and... I didn't go in my house and I just sat in my car and sobbed. I was just overwhelmed. Over One was early on. It was probably right around the time of the earthquake movie. So maybe that earthquake movie triggers something. <laughs> While you were involved in a disaster, you should not watch. Uh, watch a disaster movie. <laughs> and, um, but I sat in my car and I sobbed. I mean, I'm talking about you know, where you're going to have like the puffy eyes after, you know, and I call my husband and I'm telling him the thing and he's listening and, you know, feeling bad because he's, you know, on the other side of the world or the country uh, and, you know, got through it. And, you know, yeah, of course, you know, you get yourself going. And then I'm trying to think the last time probably was fall, maybe mid fall mid, mid early fall. And I just had another moment and I don't forgot what it was, but, and I just sat there and sobbed. I literally, I felt sorry for myself, you know, all those, those things and got myself together. Uh, and, uh, called, called my husband and I called my sister, my oldest sister. She's like so good at talking things through and, um, and then, you know, got through it. But I think, you know, giving yourself those times too, where you just may have a low moment, um, and then work through your low, work through your low moment, uh, you know, acknowledge your low moment, um, and, uh, you know, not beat yourself up for your low moment, but be willing to, to, to press forward. People are counting on all of us to, uh, to lead and, and that's what we're doing. But I, I think the most important thing is that as leaders, we have to remember that we're still human, right? <laughs> we are not superhuman and, the pandemic is affecting us all in the same way. But the only difference is, is that as the leader of a school district or the leader of a school building, mm -hmm. 
is that you are responsible for everybody else's children, you know, and what's going to happen in the school buildings and what's going to happen and how are you going to keep all these kiddos and teachers and staff members safe. And and so it's an additional layer of, of stress and pressure because you're responsible for so many people yeah. and little people and mm-hmm. your own self and you forget about yourself, right? <laughs> in the midst of yeah. it all. Yeah, yeah. You become not as important. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah definitely understand that. Thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, so what can you say is the greatest lesson that you have ever learned from someone, a mentor, family member, colleague, and how do you apply that to your responsibilities as a leader of a school district? Always ask for help. When you need help, ask for help. That's the biggest lesson um, that I would say for any leader, when you need help, ask for help and make it a part of the culture of your school that you are leading, that people ask for help when they are, make it a part of your, your what you model is asking for mm-hmm. help. And I think that that would be, that's the, because uh, with that, you can get better. Um, other people can help you be strong. Uh, and um, that, that kind of, and it, and it certainly, certainly models humility, uh, asking for help. Just ask, ask for help. Don't wait to ask for help. Um, just like I'm struggling, I need some help. So one of my colleagues in another city, I ch- checked on them the other day and uh, this individual said that they were struggling, they needed help. And I was right there for that, for that individual. Um, uh, and um, I think that's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. Ask for help. Thank you. Great one. Um, what advice do you have for teachers who are thinking about um, working towards formal leadership roles? Run! I know. Just joking. Just joking. Just joking. I would say, like, understand what why they want to do it. Like to yeah. really get underneath why they want to do it. Yes. You know, you're not going to get a tiara. <laughs> this is a roll up your sleeves, got a yes. job um, at every level. Uh, and I would say that to really understand their why. There's a, uh, uh, a teacher here who just reached out to me and just asked, could she talk to me from time to time? And I do um, talk to her from time to time. And it was helping her because I said, you know, what's your why? And she was like, she was you know, kind of figuring out her why. And her why this particular person was all had to do with her. And I'm like, well, that's not a reason to serve. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, that's a reason to put on a tiara. So, um, uh, and this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, individual. And I would say that um, the, uh, the uh, to really understand your why, like to uh, understand why you want to do it. Uh, and I think that that's the most important, um, to understand that you're going to have to give more of yourself than sometimes you may be comfortable with, right. uh, to understand what the sacrifice is because leadership comes with great sacrifice. Uh, I think to understand where your life stance is, right. Um, and where you want to be in terms of your, cause your job is not the most important thing, right. It's like, where do you want to be as a human, you know, um, I think that that really is important and 
you know, it, 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 it may seem like, well, you're discouraging somebody from doing something a certain, I'm not, and I'm, that's not the intent is, it's just to really understand um, that with accepting uh, more, lead, more responsibility or more leadership uh, responsibility that there's the, the day is finite, it's 24 hours, right? And um, you may have to, everything comes with trade-offs and you have to decide before you get into the, to the, uh, into the position or into the circumstance that that's a trade-off that is going to make you uh, to live happy. Because I think we should all be uh, striving towards uh, contentment and happiness uh, as just a part of our uh, human existence on the planet. Yeah. It's a very, it's, I know, it, I know it wasn't intentional because you didn't know what we were going to ask you, but there's a, it's very linear from knowing why you want to do it to mm -hmm. you have to know yourself uh, and who you are that, that mm -hmm. uh, um, it was, a, there's a, a great connection there between um, uh, some very different, very different questions, but um, all around the same person, just maybe at different life points. Um, this is a softball question. Um, okay. What, what book do you gift or recommend the most to others? Hmm. I don't know. Recently, it's been The Alchemist because I had never read it and I read it and it's just a fable, but it kind yeah. of is like about life. So I'm like all into The Alchemist right now. Um, I'm late to the party. I know it's like a hundred years old book, but I finally read it. Um, I don't, let me just, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think of something more universal. I love the book. I love the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. I yeah. love that book. Um, I did a book study on that like in 2006 when it first came out. Um, I'm trying to think what else, uh, what else I would recommend. I don't know. Currently would probably be um, The Alchemist. Probably. I love yeah. Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah. Like it's a book about dying and yeah. And what life is. I love Tuesdays with more. My mother made us read it when she found out she was sick. So it was, it was a little bit, it was a little dark, but it was uh, a little heavy. It was a little heavy, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, that was her way of telling us that she was sick. And uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I'll go with that for right now. I just, oh. like I said, I just recently read it. It just really helped me. I think I pulled a quote out of that. I used it at the last board meeting to kind of talk about how you regroup, right? Right. And, um, and uh, so I, I would say that right for right now, that's, that's, that's what I recommend. Yeah. Well, I asked that question to you specifically. I stole the question. There's a, another podcaster, Tim Ferriss, that asks something like that every time. But I asked that from you because the, the first day I met you, I, as I chaperoned you around yeah. the city for yeah. your interviews, um, I think I got three book recommendations in the car from yeah. you that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have all three books and I read them all. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was supposed to read four over the spring break uh, and I read six. Okay. I, I really, I do. I love to read. Um, and, uh, I don't get to do it as much as I should, uh, probably I do try to read on weekends, but I am, I am all about the binge watch too right. on the weekend. Um, today is Friday, isn't it? It is. It is. Friday. And, um, <laughs> and I'm like, it's Friday, it's Friday. And I will binge watch something this evening. And so if you have a recommendation, uh, please send it to me. Okay. I, whenever you see this podcast, send it to, to uh, 
Dr. Sturgeon and Dr. Holman and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Well, this leads us to our red round. Ooh. And yes. <laughs> so I'm going to get my the red round. I'm going to get my timer set for 60 seconds. Ooh. Yes. And I don't have my glasses on, so just bear with me here. <laughs> All right. So we will, I will ask you a set of questions, real easy questions mm -hmm. uh, at a rapid pace just to see Mm -hmm. and give the viewers an idea to your life and things that you like, dislike. Uh, I'm pretty boring. Fun. I'm pretty boring. All so fun. Hallmark like, <laughs> Channel. Dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hallmark, I, you, yeah. Know you know what? I, I kind of I, I kind of have dumped the Hallmark Channel. Oh, like no, I, yeah. oh, have you now? Yeah, it's part of my persona, but I have dumped the Hallmark Channel. I am so sorry. Have you? Because I was actually going to ask a question about Hallmark, but then I was like, no, she just loves the Hallmark so much. No, I've, I, have dumped, I have dumped the Hallmark channel. I have dumped them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, then I might just kind of throw something in on the fly then. Now okay, that, whatever you like. You know whatever you like. There's really, there's, you, you won't, it won't be anything that hurts my feelings, whatever it is. I'll be <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and start my timer now. All righty. Beach or mountains? Beach. Or mountains. Okay. Oh, you said beach. Okay. Hills oh, beach. or flats? Ooh, I think I like a nice heel. I like heels. Okay. Sleeping in or naps? Naps. Vacation or staycation? Vacation. Vacation. <laughs> Favorite dog breed? Uh, poodle. Favorite exercise? Body step. Driver or passenger? Uh, I'm going to go with driver. Water or coffee? There's such a thing as water? No. <laughs> yes, coffee. <laughs> Marvel or DC? DC. Flying or driving? Flying. Every time. And that's time. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I kind of had to fudge it on. I had to fudge it on the comics one because I don't really know the comics. Well. <laughs> I know my brother likes the DC, so I, I went with that. Okay. Yeah. Your DCs are your, your Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Superwoman. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones I, I felt I was going to probably know. I don't really know the Marvel people as well. Those, okay. are, the, those are the newfangled uh, uh, superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well this Dr. was Logan, thank you so much yeah. Yeah, this was terrific it was great to see you again and great to talk to you good i hope that uh whatever i uh whatever kernels of kernels that i shared will be helpful to someone else and uh i wish everyone well in their leadership journey wherever that takes them